to the Wild Feather Podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. Sophie Hebdige is joining us today. Sophie is the founder was the founder of a mobile app that equipped teenage girls with the skills they need to manage their mental health. While bootstrapping and enduring enormous stress, she found herself burnt out and depressed. After moving on and getting back on track, she discovered that many amazing women have great ideas for startups, but they lack the confidence or the technical knowledge to embark on their endeavor. So she founded Techniclarity which gives female founders the tech know-how they need to lead their startups. She has developed some of the world's leading coding communities in London and New York. She's a pure delight and has some great advice to share with us. Welcome, Sophie. We are so excited to have you here and with us and to share your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. Yeah. Well, and I love what you're doing. And I think that there's a huge need for it. But I also love the journey that got you there. So let's just start off and tell us how you became a founder. And what that was like, because I think that there's some great value in what you went through, right? And what you faced. And I think a lot of people can be in the same boat. Yeah. So I set up my first business couple of years ago more than a couple of years ago now I was my background as a developer so I was the CTO of that tech startup Um, I had an amazing co-founder and we did that for um, about 18 months had the best time starting that business and the way that business started was honestly me seeing an application form for an accelerator program um, here in the UK and just thinking, oh, well, what's the worst that can happen if I fill in this form? And then you get to the next round and you say, what's the worst that can happen if I go to this interview? And then before you know it, you've gone through an accelerator program that's enabled me to kind of quit my job and and set up a business for the first time. So that was like my plunge into entrepreneurship and that first step to becoming a founder. Um, And that ended, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into why and how that ended later on. But this time round, I had a big gap kind of in between that business finishing and um, my current business starting. And I wasn't really sure what to do with myself. I was just freelancing, you know, to keep keep a roof over my head and and keep the lights on. And um, I just it, it just. I kept seeing this problem that I really wanted to solve, which was not enough women starting their own businesses, but there not being a lack of ideas out there. It was just this uh, lack of knowledge that they had on how to kind of capitalize and build build those ideas. Um, and I think it was just one day I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ask a few people about this and see where it goes. And then it's that, you know, you just do one small thing, ask a few people, then they, they think, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to talk to a few people about it. And it, it spirals. And it, it took a couple of months mm-hmm. before I had to think, sit back and think, oh my gosh, wow, I've got a business now. And now that's something I'm 
trying to grow and, and I'm focusing on so it, it's I guess that's my journey it was never a conscious decision that I said right I'm a founder now it just happened right uh so tell the folks what you're currently doing so um yeah my current business called Technoclarity is um, set up to enable women who have ideas for tech businesses to uh, grow and launch those products and those businesses by equipping them with the tech know-how that they need to do that. So what I was seeing was a lot of people with amazing ideas, amazing, amazing ideas, uh, Mm. totally stall, be kind of crippled by a lack of confidence, be held back because the tech world doesn't feel like a world that they are supposed to be in or are supposed to enter. Um, And my background as a developer and my background in education as well, I was like, this is something I have to solve. So um, now I run online courses and work with people one-to-one in order to um, give them the knowledge that they need and fill them with the confidence that they need to uh, launch and grow those businesses. That's awesome. I think navigating through the tech components of uh, a startup is difficult because there's so many options and people throw things at you, people reach out to you, you've got so many decisions, whether you're going to outsource the development, where you're going to hire a contractor, what in the world, what languages do you use? Like, oh my goodness, it's overwhelming. Yeah, I think that's so overwhelming. Yeah. And it it doesn't need to be overwhelming either. Right. It's just not knowing, right? Like you just don't know. A hundred percent. And it can get really expensive. Oh, yeah. The expense. I think that's the, one of the things is the expense. If you make the wrong well. decision. It can really hold people back. And I've had some horror, horror, horror stories of people waste so much money, so much money on mistakes that could have been totally avoided if they'd have just been a little bit more aware about the process before they went into it and that's what I'm trying to help people do is just get that awareness so that they can go into that relationship or relationships of building a product confidently mm-hmm. um knowing that they're going to write the, ask the right questions knowing that they're not going to get ripped off and and knowing that basically makes the whole thing a lot less stressful and a lot more enjoyable which which we'd hope it would be true Absolutely. I needed you a few years ago. Yeah. I wish I'd been around a few years ago. (laughs) Now I know. So (laughs) going forward. So tell us, okay, before Technoclarity, you did, it was an app, right? Yes. And you started that with another co-founder with another female. Yeah. 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 And Tell us about that journey, because how many years was that? So it was about two years I was doing it for. And we we came together on an accelerator program. So it was a great, great program based here in London, where they took 50 people that had ideas and wanted to start businesses 
and basically just shoved us all in a room, got interesting people in to talk to us, gave us sort of a mission, some guide rails to go on when thinking about setting up our businesses and said, see who you want to work with, see what you want to create, go. And it was amazing. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. A yeah. room full of brilliant minds. So did you have the idea before you went there or did you? No, I had no idea. No, before no, I went. it came from that. Yeah. So um, I think there were some people that had ideas um, before they went in. But personally, myself, I knew. So the mission that we were all centered around was um, mental health. But the one thing I knew was I was really passionate about creating something that solved all the problems that we were facing in mental health. And um, I had the skills where I could do it. I had a developer background. I knew I could create something. It was just about finding the right people to do it with and being presented all this information around the the real problems that we were facing kind of underneath that that mental health banner and from there it just kind of grew i love that i've had a couple of founders that have started that have been on the show and um they've met their founders and came up with the idea by going to these events i think it's so cool yeah it's really cool so now that um app or that particular company is it it came to an end or is your co-founder still working on it so it came to an end I decided to step away from it but she and I just transferred all ownership over to her she's still a really good friend of mine and I didn't see there being and we'd worked on it for a year 18 months, two years, but we hadn't, you know, done an official launch. It wasn't like I was stepping away from a fully fledged app that was kind of out in the world making us money. I was stepping away from something that was, you know, still an MVP prototype at that stage. So I just gave everything over to her. I thought, what is the point in ruining a friendship or potentially ruining a friendship by arguing over? who get who gets what's what rights to what and I'm just really proud of the work we did together for a couple of years and I'm more than happy for her to um have that now so she still has ownership of it she doesn't actively work on it but it's still there if if she wanted to do something about it she definitely could yeah so do you think it's tricky staying with staying friends with the co-founder if you walk away how how do you navigate that so in it's that's a really good question. So we were when we were co-founders, I think that's the thing about that is we were literally together 24/7 basically. We were completely in each other's lives. We were financially tied to each other. Everything was in, interconnected. Mm-hmm. And when I made the decision to step away from the business, I obviously felt a lot of guilt that I had let her down because she was pinning a lot on this as well. Yet it was my decision that was the one that um, ended the business. So um, I think at first I had a ton of guilt around it. And 
uh, we didn't speak for for a good amount of time and I think out of choice we definitely needed some space for each other but I mean the pandemic also has you know enabled us to not see each other as much as we would have liked to recently mm-hmm. but now I uh, we spent weekends together we chat we chat on the phone we've seen each other quite recently and it just took a it just took a while to take a break from each other kind of get over things uh re-establish our lives and what they looked like without the business in it in it and then um then we could start rebuilding a friendship and I'm really pleased to say I think we've done that um but it, it wasn't always it wasn't always easy yeah I think that that's tricky but it sounds like it's very tricky yeah it sounds like if you establish you like separate yourself from the business and your, your friendship from the business right um because I've seen co-founders split and they don't talk and there's negative vibes and I don't know if they ever recover, but um, kudos to you for staying, being able to stay friends, but that break probably was able for both of you guys to process everything. I think it's just natural when you put yourself into a startup, it's your baby. So it's hard not to take everything personal if somebody walks away exactly I think I and I think that's why the best thing we did was I think we actually had a conversation like we're not going to speak to each other now for a for a couple of months like we both need a break because when we decide I think the worst part about it initially was you decide that we, we decided we're not going to do the business anymore and then in order to do that, there's a whole ton of admin you've got to do together. So you've made the decision to leave, but you've still got to work together to shut things down, tie up the financials. It, it, you know, it, there's, it wasn't the type of thing where you could just walk away. So after we'd done that, which I think probably made our relationship worse initially, because I was then forcing this work on her to shut down the business so I was making her do a lot of stuff she just didn't want to do um and it was yeah very emotionally charged I don't if we hadn't have taken a break from each other I don't think we'd have we'd have a a friendship now yeah yeah I think that's wise yeah right because she probably felt overwhelming too like getting everything transitioning over I don't know but um so why did you choose to walk away I think we'd talked about this you were burnt out startup stress like yeah I think there's I think there's a lot of reasons that contribute to it I think um you know when we were setting up the startup we didn't raise any investment we didn't have income coming in so we were bootstrapping, I guess you could call it. I guess that's the word for it. But that what that looked like for us was one of us was working a contract sometime, you know, a couple of days on a contract, a couple of days in the business. I was teaching evening classes. So working, you know, six until six on the business and then going and teaching an evening class, six till 9 p.m., 
getting the tube home and then repeating um and and you know we both lived in London at the time London's not a cheap place to live I think the financial stress of it really got us both down or got me down in particular because you know there were things I missed out on and you when it comes to friendship wise you know you miss out on a couple of big things I can't come to someone's birthday party or I can't go away for the weekend with my friends and then you realize that actually you're missing out on going for coffee with a friend or um spending the Saturday in the park with your family you're it started to become I was missing out on so many things from a financial perspective or from a time perspective then it made me really resent the thing that I was doing every at, at the, the rest of the time, which was mm-hmm. the business. And I think it's very admirable mm-hmm. for people who can, um, well, do I think it's admirable? I think it's amazing that there are people that can become so all consumed with one thing, namely their business, um, that they can they can stick at it with that with the required stamina or what I thought was the required required stamina at the time. Um, because I certainly now setting up this second business have totally adapted the way that I do things and the expectations I put on myself um, in order to kind of make sure I don't end up resenting the business for the things it's stopping me from doing. Plus I think bootstrapping unless you've got deep pockets um the financial stress of a startup is unimaginable i think for people that haven't gone through it i remember so clearly releasing our app to the android store so that's a huge deal right like that's a big deal releasing the app on android and it wasn't working and my friends from my book club were meeting and I'd read the book (laughs) it felt like quite a big deal at the time and (laughs) all we were doing was having dinner at my friend's house and talking about this book and I remember sitting there and being like I do not care about this going on the app store anymore I just want to be at my book club with my friends like and I think that was one of those moments that I made me think I'm doing I'm doing the wrong thing like I'm focusing in the wrong place and I'm not in love with this as much as I need to be in order to sustain this and that was one of those events that was what did I need to spend to go to the book club I probably needed to go and spend 10 pounds on a bottle of wine to turn up with I was being fed I wasn't going out for dinner Mm -hmm. and it is it's it's the it it can really that is the type of thing that can really start to weigh on you um I remember Mm. you know there being times where we'd ask people to come uh, do you want to go for a coffee we you know we know you're an expert in this field and we'd love to pick your brains type of thing and you know when you're the one that's asking for advice you are normally the one that should be paying for the coffee Mm -hmm. I remember sitting there and thinking please 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 can they offer to pay for this coffee because I really can't afford to right but yeah I I was asking for help 
Right. And <laughs> I've been there. It's dreadful. <laughs> yeah. And then you're not even enjoying your coffee because you're thinking, oh, God, when's the bill going to come? And, you know, I've got all this other stuff to pay for. And, okay, if I spend eight pounds on coffee and a cake with this person, that's eight pounds I'm not spending on my best friend's birthday present or on a train ticket to go and visit my sister. Or it just makes you... Um, it makes you think a lot more about the thing that you're doing when you know there's an alternative when we knew the alternative was go and get a job and the financial pressure on ourselves would alleviate and that was you know a different time to now Mm -hmm. um, when getting the job maybe isn't isn't quite so simple but you know I was in a field where it would have been relatively simple for me to be able to go and pick up extra work um it was it it was really it was really tough Mm -hmm. and um yeah the financials of it is it is a huge part of that do you think that you would have uh worked on it longer if you had gone back to work and used it as a part-time thing or did you and your co-founder agree to make this this is like 100% of my time I think what we did was um we were kind of working that we would save up enough money so we both would say okay it's the summer we're gonna go to part-time work we're gonna do these different things for the next three months and our goal is to then save up enough money where we could live until x date so we could be full time Mm -hmm. and I think that worked I think that worked quite that that worked quite well and we we did a couple of cycles of that Mm -hmm. so that we'd have periods where we knew we were quieter because we were ferreting away trying to find earn some money for ourselves Mm -hmm. um and and then yeah we would be full time but I think it was so hard when we were part-time because we didn't always work the same day so there was like a disconnect between what we were doing or you still get presented with the same amount of opportunities and we wanted to do everything so actually the days we were working were just double busy because there, yeah, we were we weren't potentially very good at filtering out opportunities, which we should have been better at. I think. Yeah. Well, plus, probably while you're working at your job, you're constantly thinking <laughs> yeah. about the startup, right? And then you get off work, and then you're working on the startup. Like it, it's a recipe for burnout, for sure. Exactly. And I think that was that that was the thing as well as you we um you're at the startup you're at the startup six six AM till nine AM and then you have to work for someone else and then it's your lunch break, but you don't go and sit in the park and have lunch. You sit at your laptop, eat your lunch and do your emails. And mm-hmm. I think it is I think, you know, th- the second time round, one of the things I've learned is like, I work eight hours a day. That's it. (laughs) 
no more than that. Right. So if I want to go to an evening event, if I want to, you know, if there's something that's going on in the evening, I'm taking mm -hmm. a three hour break during the day right. in order to make sure my energy's at the right level for, for those, um, for those activities. And I also think this, it taught me a lot about boundaries and like boundaries between, between work. So if you're doing one thing, you're doing that thing. And that is the focus rather mm -hmm. than um, being kind of stretched all, all over the place, constantly context switching. Cause I think that's the other thing that can get so draining. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the key or the takeaway is like, do the small thing. Don't let startups overtake your life. You have to set boundaries and it's okay to take some time. Like it doesn't have to be, you can have success without spending 20 hours a day on a startup and a hundred percent. And I think that's so it's, that's such an interesting point. Cause I think that a lot of the time, you know, you look at the people that we would see as super successful uh -huh. and, and, you know, those, that's the type of mentality that those individuals have lived to get where they where they get to mm -hmm. um or that's kind of the the ment the the message that you get on social media or this kind of like hustle mm -hmm. harder mm -hmm. type of thing right. i see a lot of that and I, I don't think it's very healthy right uh yeah i would agree i and i also there's a study i don't know the exact amount but it i think it says that you really get like four to six hours of quality work anything beyond that like you're not getting quality work i don't know the yeah. exact numbers do you no it, i it was low i would say it was like more like four than it four. was six yeah. when i read yeah. it was it was not a lot of time right plus i think if you step back and walk away and give it a break it allows everything to align and to fall in place and for your brain to be more creative and but if you're just constantly going at it i do i say this because i speak from experience that you're not allowing for um new ideas and innovation and yeah and, things to process and the universe to deliver and you know you're just going it's so interesting uh, do you know what I was I got the tube the other day and there's no signal on the tube right so you can't use your phone but before I'd gotten on I'd read a, one tweet and I was like god that's such an interesting such an interesting tweet I'm gonna think about it and then you get on the tube and you can't do anything Unless, unless you've got your book with you, but I couldn't be bothered to get my book out of my bag. So I was just thinking mm -hmm. about this tweet. And I was like, God, I've, I've got something to say about that. And then just wrote an entire blog post in the notes, app, on my notes app. And it, if I'd have been at home, you know, not, not taking mental breaks, I wouldn't have had that idea. I wouldn't have followed that thought as far mm -hmm. as I did with it. Uh, which is so interesting um, that, you know, some of that, that walk outside is, 
it's just so powerful to, to help us progress. Absolutely. It's amazing. And if you pay attention to the little things and take the time to read the tweet and think about the tweet and then blog, right? It, I feel like it makes life so much more enjoyable and you appreciate walking away or taking the walk or going on the tube or, you know, like we're not, I don't think life is meant to work 24 hours a day. I just like, what's the fun yeah. in that? I know. I know. For health physically. And, you know what? I've recently. And mentally. Go ahead. Yeah. I've recently got a puppy and so one thing you have to find when you get a dog is an hour to walk it every single day. And he's not that great at coming back yet. He's not great at coming back to his name yet. So um, when I walk him, I want to be like really aware about where he is all the time. So I'm not listening to anything. And normally it's just me and him walking along. And those are the times that you have your best ideas where it's just all I'm all I'm thinking about is is the dog still nearby can I hear his little collar Mm -hmm. jingling Mm -hmm. and the rest is just like outside in the woods in the fields yeah that's all I need and you get so many ideas at that in that kind of free time or you it's not even always coming up with new ideas it's just processing what's just happened, thinking things through. Um, and, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's awesome. What a great lesson or what great life lessons to learn. I mean, it. we learn them the hard way, right? But now it's a game changer in implementing that and going forward. Sometimes we have to get pushed to our absolute limits in order to make changes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I, you know, I probably would have learned the lessons that I learned from setting up that business, the personal lessons I learned from setting up that business. I probably would have learned them. Um, but how long would it have taken me to learn them had they not happened? when they happened. Right. Right. So one of the things I want to, this kind of ties, well, a little bit ties into it, but not you're, you've, you're focusing on women who lack confidence and it seems to be a common thread that I have heard over and over again, at least in the past few weeks. Why do you think women lack confidence when it comes to starting a startup what are the things they're not confident about I I would love to know the answer to this question (laughs) I think there's so many contributing factors I think I think I think a huge one particularly in the tech space is um I'm pretty sure it was was it a Michelle Obama quote which said you can't be what you can't see it's this lack of role models, lack of peers, lack of immediate community that I think is I think is really one of that one of the biggest drivers of lack of confidence is 
I can't see someone that looks like me that's done this before. So why could I ever, ever do this? I can't find someone who's also juggling this and a job and a couple of kids. Like I haven't got anyone to share experience with. I feel so isolated. Um, And I think that, that is that is probably one of the main contributing factors is that lack of to that lack of confidence is that lack of similar Mm -hmm. individuals in that in that the same boat Mm -hmm. basically um and I think that that's a problem that's going to take a long time to solve right we need to get more people in to these fields at a junior level and wait for them to rise up and um, before we start to see, before we start to see more role models um, and peers come through, which is, you know, sad, it's tough. I feel like we're starting to make a shift. At least there are groups and investors and things of that nature that are starting to focus on female founders and whatnot. But I still think we have a ways to go. Yeah. And one of the really interesting pieces of research I found when I was um, first setting up Technoclarity was that uh, the main reason, this was a, a report written in the UK, so the main reason that men don't set up their businesses is because they don't think their idea is good enough. The main reason that women don't set up their businesses is because they don't believe that they have the skills to do so. Ah, interesting which is so interesting it's such a it that's it's the I don't know how the I don't know how the information was collected so I don't know if the this is just the the option that was on the tick box but the fact that it is that they don't have the belief that they have the skills to do so Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't have the skills it's that they don't have the belief that they have the skills it's just fascinating to me that it's uh inbuilt lack of confidence do you think that women or female founder do you think in saying that that they feel like they have to be experts at all of it in order to execute or i are are more women perfectionists (laughs) like or do they want control like what where did they get this belief system that they don't have the skill set is it ingrained from early age like oh my gosh there's so many questions I have like yeah where is it because we've been shoved down like women have been shoved down and our voices haven't been that impactful throughout all these years is you know like there's so many layers to that I honestly yeah there's so many layers to it and I think it's so interesting that why that really exists I don't I I don't know the definitive answer I'd love it if someone did some research about it because I think it would be fascinating I just and there's some research about women being more risk averse um so is that a big contributing factor um I think fear of failure too there is something about them fear of failure what would people think of of them if they um you know we're talking about this business and it didn't work out what about um 
that feeling of needing to be an expert in everything I can 110% see that being being the case I I don't know if it's true but anecdotally I think a lot more women are um, a lot more men sorry are happy to outsource parts of their business that they're not great at whereas I think it would take women longer to think actually I'm just awful at that this social media stuff and I don't really like doing it let's outsource it I'm referencing myself here right now (laughs) it's taken me a long time to think god let's get someone else in to do this stuff um rather than focusing on the things that that you know you're naturally really good at it's there's so much to unpack there it's so interesting yeah um I think there's I, I think fear of um like wasting time is a huge thing like women are classically trying to juggle so many things so if they're gonna spend four hours on a Saturday building a business rather than keeping the house tidy or spending time with their kids or something like that they need to know that that is time well spent it's going to lead to a good outcome I, I think there is a lot I think that because we're traditionally juggling a lot more um obviously massive generalization mm-hmm. uh I think there could be something in that as well yeah I think you're right too uh, it's interesting because there are so many incredible ideas that women have. It's remarkable. I also think that women are really good at recognizing when there's a problem or having insight into like there isn't a solution for this and coming up with an idea, a workaround, right? Whether they see that as a startup or not, just in general, like they find workarounds or solutions or things. Cause I think it's just an intuitive thing when it comes to just everyday life. Right. But then if you take that a step further and they have these business ideas, they can turn those into business ideas. It's super cool. Yeah, it is. And I think that's, you know, I think that's where the majority of great businesses come from is that I'm facing this problem or I've seen this problem. I'm going to do something about it. That's where a great business idea is because more often than not, you're not the only person that's having the same problem or issue. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a shame that so many of these ideas stay trapped inside people's heads because there's not the support out there to enable them to bring them to life. Mm-hmm. And that's where you come along. You can help them navigate through the engineering and development part. Now, would you say you're more so... Yeah. Would you say a lot of people are more focused on apps right now or software or like a piece of equipment? So I would say most people I work with are focused on either software, apps or kind of websites that do more than just 
show off the business basically okay so websites that are more than a brochure mm-hmm. is what I would say um apps are very popular yeah uh interesting so what would you it's really what what is your motivation what keeps you motivated what is my motivation I think I honestly think that a lot of my work, that the majority of work that I've done in the past um, and hopefully will continue to do is centered around making sure that the people that are creating products, creating businesses um, are created by, by a wide range of people that everyone has the opportunity to contribute to those new products, those new businesses. Um, Because if we're not having everyone represented um, in the building of the new products, the new technologies that we're creating, then those technologies are going to be swayed towards one group. And therefore, the kind of technological advances that we're making, the new society that we're building, with those new products, with those new businesses, it's not going to be a very diverse or fair society. And that's what that's what keeps me going, is how do we make sure that everyone is represented when it comes to creating new products? Um, mm-hmm. How do we make sure everyone is represented when it comes to creating new businesses? Um, and, and that's where technicality comes in, enabling people to, to create new businesses um, from their own ideas, from their own lived experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to give some advice to others, what pieces of advice would you give? Specifically, when it comes to setting up your or own like, or just like startups, business. right? Like anybody that's starting um, a company or in yeah. the works, right? What pieces of advice would you give? I would say two things, but I'm going to say both of them and I'll probably come up with a third along the way. The <laughs> first one is to just make sure you educate yourself. Um, make sure you are taking the time to slow down and think, what do I need to learn about this? How am I going to learn it? And before you leap and take any action and just really think about where your skills are, where your skills aren't, where your knowledge is and where your knowledge isn't and and, and, and figure out a way to, to work on those and, and which parts are most useful for you to um, invest time and energy in learning. That would be my number one piece of advice. My number two piece of advice is to set boundaries very clearly and um, set your expectations according to the boundaries that you've set so if you're going to if you're saying the time I've got to work on this is two days a week three days a week whatever it is you are not going to be able to do as much work and therefore probably get to the same milestones as someone that's got five days a week to do the Mm -hmm. same thing so setting your setting the boundaries that work for you and will keep you happy and will enable you to healthily run your business for a long term is really important and then um 
setting your expectations around what you'll achieve within those boundaries is even more important. You've got to have a good reason for putting the boundaries in place. And then your expectations just have to fall in line with that. And there's no point in, in getting yourself into that comparison um, comparison trap. So those are kind of my my two things is make sure you figure out what you need to learn and learn it and set your boundaries and your expectations accordingly. Um, because if you can keep yourself healthy and if you can educate yourself in the right way, and you're going at a pace that works for you and where you are right now, there's no reason why you can't sustain what you're doing um, if you still got love for it. Mm -hmm. I think those are very wise pieces of advice. I love the first one too. Thanks. So it's so great though. If you sit back and you say, what am I supposed to learn here? And what do I need to learn? Like you ask both of them. That's great. When it comes to learning, it's just so important. I see so many people that rush in, that think this is what I need to do now and just run in. And and, and that's where people trip up. That's where people waste money. Um, and, and that's where things start to go wrong. So I always kind of say, you've got to sometimes go slow to go fast so it might feel like you're slowing yourself down by taking a couple of months to learn something new but actually if that knowledge enables you to do the thing you're learning to do better you'll do it faster so it will end up being a quicker process well you'll mitigate some of the issues and challenges right or the breakdowns it's so true I don't under, I don't know. Cause I've, I was in this boat. Um, I felt when I was building the software company, I felt like I was in a race against time when I was doing that startup. And I, looking back on it, I don't know why I was putting so much stress on myself to execute so quickly. Like what? where was the fire? Right. And I feel like I can't be the only one that went through that, which is basically what you're saying is it's okay. Like take time, slow down at first and yeah, it will speed up. But why do we feel like we're in a race against time? I honestly don't know, but I, cause I felt that as well when I was setting up my first startup is I think maybe one of the pressures that I felt when I was setting up my first startup that made it feel like that race against time was, well, the quicker we get something out there, the quicker we can make some money. Right. It was, it was a financial pressure. I think that's one side of things. Um, and I think it's something to do with that environment and, and that comparison of, well, you've seen that this business, they were an overnight success, whatever that really means. So if they could do it, like, why couldn't we also do something that fast? And, you know, we're kind of kept up on these ridiculous statistics of um, we need growth to be at a certain level or we need. And it is it is a bit silly. We shouldn't it, it should be an enjoyable process and something that we want to. We want to do. And, um, yeah, I think the, the, the pressure 
that so many people put themselves under or find themselves in is um, you definitely weren't alone with that kind of race against time feeling. <laughs> but it is, when you think about it, totally unnecessary. Looking it back. It, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Or do you know? I honestly, I don't know. I think I would be happy if I was enabling more women to put tech products out into the world. That would mm-hmm. be, that I would be happy with that Yeah. as a legacy. Where, where can people find Technoclarity and find you? Great question. So um, we are mainly on Instagram. So we are the.technoclarity on Instagram. And that's the place where I hang out most of the time. So um yeah, you'll get the, we'll, we'll keep in touch best, um, best there, but you can find out more about um, our products and the work we do and, and what we've got coming up um, on our website, which is technoclarity.co. Nice. So how can we help you? What can we do for you that will um, help you succeed? I think what I want to hear in the moment is I want to hear more people's ideas I'd love people to just get in touch with what they're thinking about doing and and ways that I could help them do that. That would be my ideal thing is, um, yeah, get it hearing from from people with interesting ideas that are stalled so that I can help them get over that. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to have you on today and I really appreciate you taking some time out to chat with us or chat with me. Um, and we will definitely send you some idea generating people (laughs) to you. It's like early stage, like really early stage before they've started the tech part. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Even when it's, if it's just like a scribble on a notepad or something you've told your, uh, the the notepad by your bed, that's kind of what I always say is if it's at that stage, I want to hear about it. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And I really greatly appreciate your time. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great chat. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to The Wild Feather. Be authentic, be limitless, and love yourself. (laughs) 